Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In fact, let's get uh, David online here, and we'll talk about the Italian Grand Prix from last week. David, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Steve. Thank you. Yeah, glad to be on it again, as always. And I was just telling the listeners, it was amazing how much fun a Formula a Formula One race can be when uh, when Mercedes isn't dominating the race. Yeah, well, unfortunately, you better get ready for another one tomorrow, by the way, I think. Yes, it was it made for an interesting Grand Prix. Um, and as always, as I've always said... Luck played a huge part of it because Gasly uh, was incredibly lucky because he just made his pit stop. Uh, and, of course, they let Lance Stroll change his tyres in the pits under a red flag, which is counter to all that ever used to happen for me. I mean, you weren't supposed to touch the car under a red flag. And um, there he was changing his tyres. So, anyway, he really would have finished about, you know, Six or seven. So, but uh, but it did make for interesting racing, which of course has, has reintroduced all that stuff we went through last year about having reverse grids. Um, and Ross Braun, who this one, said that uh, they go to <laughs> so people may get their wish at the end. So I don't think the drivers are terribly. Well, and you, you certainly saw that last week where you had uh, Hamilton because of the it was an obvious violation and it wasn't necessarily you, you can't really I, I I mean the team took the blame for it but you could see it uh, plain as plain as day from the in car coverage that uh, he he did pit under red flag conditions uh, yes. but you had a you had a situation with Hamilton coming up through the field and then he had the unfortunate situation with Kimi Raikkonen with the Alpha team who went with, uh, I guess, with the softer tires and should have went with the mediums and just dropped like a rock. So you had one driver going up and one one driver, unfortunately, falling through the field. You did. Um, and that and that was a bit unfortunate for Kimi. Uh, but on the other hand, I think Hamilton's uh, display of mastery at the situation was still out again. When you think that he finished up seven seconds or eight seconds, whatever it was, and two places behind Valtteri Bottas, his teammate, who, of course, you know, had been um, duking it out, never could get, never could get above about fifth. And, uh, and Hamilton pulled through the entire field and caught up with him. Yeah, I think that's a good point with Bottas because, I mean, when was the last time, well, I, I guess, the, the unfortunate, I guess you could say fortunate or unfortunate, uh, 
depending on your thinking, is you know Botas hasn't been in that situation in a while where he has to battle for position with these guys as close because usually he's following behind uh, uh, Hamilton in clean air. So I, yeah. I think it's an interesting you know situation where. You know, is he playing safe? I, in, in my opinion, he's the ultimate number two guy because he's never going to challenge uh, uh, Hamilton for that number one position. We've seen, especially in, in Formula One with politics, when you have two number one drivers on a team, it can definitely cause issues. But in this case, Botas, I think, is the, the ultimate number two driver. Uh, he's the perfect number two driver for Lewis, as was Ruins Barrichello for Michael Schumacher. I mean, the mm-hmm. same thing. I mean... He was quick enough to beat everybody else, but he was never quick enough to beat Michael. Um, he could have done on occasion, there's no doubt about it, and I think they stole a couple of races from him, which really wouldn't have made much difference to the World Championship, uh, but it, it certainly would have made a big difference to his resume when you look at the you know, wins and losses and that sort of thing. But, um, but you're right, uh, Botas does make a perfect second, and um, you know, guys like him are always saying, well, we might have to go somewhere else, but the fact is... Yeah, where else would you go? Right. Yeah, and then you get... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, the other big news, of course, is this week is Vettel going to the Aston Martin team next year, which is now Racing Point, which has already just changed its name. Now it's going to change it again to Aston Martin. I, you know, I think that's a big... I I don't see him doing necessarily any better at Racing Point than he's doing it for himself, but... um, Difficult. You know, the, the, he wants to stay in racing. Um, in, well, in Formula One, he doesn't want to do anything else. I don't think. Um, but we have an interesting season coming up. With uh, we've done a few more races. This, what, are, what are we going to end up with this year? Seventeen races, is it? Total? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, which actually, considering they didn't start till July, um, is pretty damn good. Well, and I wanted to bring up. Uh... Pierre Gasly, because here you have a situation where you know Pierre Gasly on the on the second, basically the second tier uh, Red Bull team go, goes out, wins a Grand Prix, and everybody's like, "Wow, I can't believe he got demoted." And then you have a situation this morning where he doesn't make it out of Q1. So, and I think that kind of it, it, you know, I, I think you understand why now he's you know why why he's there and not at Red Bull, correct? Well, exactly, and uh, I, I, I'm disappointed of Honda ending this year. Although today, you know, Verstappen ended up just a hundreds behind uh, Botas and Hamilton. So the Honda, and this is a high-speed track again, um, although uh, not as fast as last week. Uh, what was the speed this year, pole? You know, today. I do not know, but I, no. I, I thought I, I thought Red Bull was a little was closer. I think they were only. Uh, three, three to five tenths off. So, yeah, so they were. Yeah. There was. It was a tighter field than it was last week. Yes, a lot tighter. And uh, so, I mean, Honda must be fairly satisfied with that. And uh, but, I mean, the Gasly Fiat. I mean, this is only the second time this year that the Fiat has out qualified Gasly. Uh, so Gasly certainly seems to be the absolute number one in that AlphaTauri team, um, the second Honda group. And uh, is he better than Albon? I mean, he was giving Albon a hard time last week, uh, and he gave him a hard time at Silverstone. So I think Gasly is probably pretty good. I think I think he's probably better than Albon himself. But um, I think they made that snap decision last year and moved Gasly down 
And I and I don't think they're going to make another snap decision to move him back up again. Um, they're going to give Alban a bit more time, which they probably should have given Gasly a bit more time. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you can go either way with that, with that, but especially with his performance today, I think he he was disappointed, and I'm sure the team was uh, disappointed yeah. at that. Um, it is interesting, though, when you look at uh, Perez. You know, moving on where he might end up with the racing points, like you said, soon to be Aston Martin. Uh, but you know, Vettel, you had uh, Leclerc qualify fifth was that was quite a surprise because Ferrari had not been showing any speed. Vettel right. was way in the back. Uh, you know, I mean, he he's pretty much checked out for the year, hasn't he? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I really do. And to be honest. I'm not sure that he hasn't checked out of Formula One, really. I mean, yes, they've given him another drive. The fact is that last year and the year before, he had some pretty diabolical mistakes. He's made some pretty diabolical mistakes for a four-time world champion. And, um, I, I, you know, I, obviously he's dispirited and he's lost interest in all, all the other cliches, you know. And so he feels down and out. But, um, you know, in Formula One, you can't afford to do that, as Gasly showed. Gasly showed last week. <laughs> yeah, certainly. And of course, this week they're in. Uh, the, it's the Tuscan Grand Prix at Mugello, is it? And yeah. Did you have a race there? I don't know if you ever raced. It opened up, I think, at '74. Well, that track. Ask me who won the first ever race at the new Mugello. Would that be you? <laughs> I was going to Google it before I spoke to you. Um, but I did win at Mugello in its first year, 1974, in the Carl Hogan's Formula 5000 car. Oh, we ran it. We ran it in England for a few races. We ran at Silverstone. I won that. Uh, we ran at Maori Park, and I did not win that. And then we went off to do some races in, in uh, Italy and uh, Europe. And Guy was with us. Guy was with his girlfriend, Kathy, and we went off to Italy and had a fantastic time. The circuit is only just a very few miles from France. And um, we had a very good run. And um, it rained for the race. It rained like hell. In fact, today, they would never have started it. But, of course, in those days, you know, a bit of rain. And um, I don't know where I qualified, but I overtook a lot of people very early on and swept into the lead. And um, then they red flag the race. So they said it was too wet. And then the Italian organizers tried not to pay me my money. Because <laughs> <laughs> in those days, you, know, you, you they gave you starting money, and you'd go for starting money, and they'd pay you prize money as well. And they didn't want to pay, because they said, well, yeah, but Senior Hobbs, the race is shorter, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, yeah, but we still come 2,000-mile round trip to get here and go home again. Um, anyway, they did cough up the dough in the end, but it was a bit of a season you need that. <laughs> but I, I got to Google that. See, I, I think I won that race, and I think it, it might have been the first ever race in New Zealand. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I guess it hasn't changed that much. I thought it was interesting. They actually had in a, uh, uh, on, on Sky Sports had an interesting uh, with our with our favorite saltine cracker Martin Brundle. Um, yeah. With the that sweeping that that last sweeping turn before the pits, and yeah. how the F1 drivers are driving it right on the edge on the outside, yeah. not even pretending to hit any type of apex. What was what 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 were your thoughts on that when you saw that? 
I don't know. There must be some. Maybe there's a sort of camera in the road that we can't see very well, uh, and they find in the outside. It is a bit odd, I have to say, and uh, I'm not quite sure why they're doing that. And of course, you, know, you enter the pits off that as well, so you flash into the pit entry at some gull, mighty speed. Yeah, because they're 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 going to be really have to be hard on the binders to get in the pits because yeah, it's not a long pre. I mean, this is not oh. your this is not your modern Formula One track, so and it has a few design tweaks. Ideal, as we said yesterday, Perez and Vettel. I mean, so they're going to have to modify that a bit, I think. Um, I think it's a great track, and uh, I think all the drivers absolutely love it. Um, but of course. I, I suppose Elf and some sort of slow it down and put chicanes in, and I don't know if they have another race there, but, but it obviously deserves a race. It's obviously it's a great location, and it's a great track. I mean, it's a lovely track. It certainly is. We're talking to David Hobbs on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline on the Final Inspection Show, and where, where do you think Sergio Perez is going to end up next year? I have absolutely no idea, and I can't think where he'll want to go. Um, I really can't. Uh, he can't go to Rodell, he can't go to McLaren, he can't go to Ferrari. Um, I mean, I'm see, I see Gunther Steiner from Haas saying, well, he's on my shoulders. Well, I should think he would be from Gunther Steiner's point of view, but sure. I can't see I think to lose him. Sergio Perez wanted to go drive a horse. I mean, you know, um, he'd probably end up at Alfa Romeo. Kibi Reich will probably retire, and he'll probably end up at Alfa Romeo. I can't think of a way else he could possibly go. Yeah, that makes interesting. Especially, but he, but he, brings, he, he brings a lot of money, though. He does, and that's and very Alfa important. And Alfa Romeo might be very glad about that. Yeah. Yeah, so interesting. Did you see the uh, news, I think it was earlier today, about Formula One? If you want to be a new team, you have to bring in, like, $200 million to the other teams? <laughs> they do make it easy to join, don't they? <laughs> no, I mean, especially if if you lose another team. I mean, I think at yeah. this point, wouldn't you want to promote? I mean, he, you and I had a discussion a couple of years ago when we had... Marusian and you had the Virgin team and all these and I I loved yeah. it I I think the more the merrier and you weren't too happy about it yeah. but I mean I, I it's not like the late eight I don't I don't think it has to be like the eight late eighties when you had I mean you, you had you actually had to do pre qualifying and you had Pacific and you had all these small real yeah. minute teams but I mean it would be nice to have another two three uh, teams in Formula One. Oh, I think it would be. I think I think you know if you get a twenty-six um, car grid would be better than twenty. Uh, obviously, as long as they're not all a lot slower. But I, I no, I really think that uh, they could do more teams. Um, and I remember the the start of the entry price when they first had talked about reducing the cost of the the entry price then was like forty million. I used to think, man, oh, good God, now it's two hundred million. That that seems to be totally counterproductive um, to um, the John Todd and the, and the Liberty Media who run for the one. It seems to be counterproductive to what they say they want, which is more teams and uh, a smaller budget. Uh, I mean, they're talking one hundred and seventy-five million. 
which is a lot smaller than the 500 million. But um, if it's a 200 million entry fee, it sure doesn't help, does it? No, it doesn't. And uh, it's quote here in a motorsport.com article that McLaren CEO Zach Brown said the arrangement would not only ensure that any new entrants are serious, but it also protects the value of the current teams as a result of uh, sale of Williams to Doriton uh, Capital for about $180 million proved. So, And that's also dividing up the prize money, too, if you went from 11 teams to uh, 12 teams. So I understand why they're doing it, but I don't necessarily agree with it, I guess. Well, of course, the established guys have always been against uh, any extension because of the prize money. You know, uh, obviously, every new team that's in there it dilutes the prize money, um, and they don't want to do that. <laughs> People are already there; don't want to do that. Yeah, it certainly is. No. Well, David, we we certainly appreciate you taking time out, and uh, I don't know if you want to tell the listeners uh, your your recent upgrades you've had uh, installed. Well, I'm wearing a T-shirt. Uh, orthopedic hospital, which says congratulations on your new joint. So, you know, I had a new, I had a new knee on Tuesday, so it's still pretty sore, but uh, not sore, not too sore to chat, chat to you guys. So, uh, hopefully, I'll be up and running around in about oh, I don't know, two years. Excellent. All yeah. right. Well, we certainly appreciate you taking time out with us and uh, right. talking some Formula One, and uh, maybe we'll see you up uh, next week uh, for the uh, VSCDA event, the Fall Festival up at Road America. Maybe the listeners might uh, see yeah. you up there. So appreciate okay. it, and uh, we'll right. talk to you again. All right. Thanks very much, Steve. Bye. All right. Thanks, David. That was uh, David Hobbs on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.